Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 48, college football has a new top four as Oregon is upset this week. No one wants to be on top of the NFL standings either with more upsets over there as well. Um, we preview our Thanksgiving weekend football extravaganza and baseball finally gets around to giving out its awards and there are a few signings coming off the stove onto our Thanksgiving dinner table. So as always, you can email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we'll read it on the pod. That's the deal. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who I'm very thankful for this year, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim. Oh, buddy. That's, uh, wow. All right. I'm very thankful for you as well. This has been a fun, uh, I guess we've been doing this for almost like close to a, close to a year. Yeah, we're about we're about a couple two weeks maybe away from a year. Two weeks so. shy from a year. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you you contacted me. You're like, hey, you want to like record like a conversation that we have about sports? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, and it's been it's been great uh, to be able to have this conversation, you know, conversations like this, and just kind of yuck it up about sports uh, for the last year. So I am thankful for giving the opportunity uh to have this happen it's been a lot of it's been a fun ride yeah absolutely and you know uh not not being in an office at all i i definitely forgot or didn't realize how much i appreciated just shooting the crap about sports yeah you know? um and when you're remote you're not often like i don't know getting coffee and just right. talking about like football strategy you know with your coworkers. you're not don't do that quite as often on zoom Right. You'll make a few yeah. comments about the Eagles or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it's not quite as in depth. And I apologize for the beeping that you may hear. The The cable box in my basement needs a new battery and it's going to tell me every 15 minutes until I get it replaced. So, all right. Please don't worry about any beeping that you hear in the background. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all of that out of the way. Um, let's go ahead and let's just jump into college football. Yeah, we usually start weekend. out with college football. Big weekend for college football. Um, so uh, the big game. Let's start with the big game that we were previewing, which is Ohio State and Michigan State. Um, ended up not really being very close. Ohio State basically steamrolled them. Tim, what happened there? Um, CJ Stroud is now like Heisman. Uh, Heisman leader. What, what, what happened? Yeah. How did they do that? That was a fun game. Uh, as an Ohio state fan, it was, I mean, they, they put up an entire game's worth of statistics and a half. Um, you know, I think the thing that obviously they've got the best wide receiving group in college football. That's, that's not a, I don't think that's a debatable point. Um, and they're finding, and, and they have one of the best running backs as well in Trayvon Henderson. So, they uh they're finding creative and and you know uh creative ways to get those playmakers the football they're putting cj stroud who forget like he had not i'm pretty sure this is correct he had not thrown a collegiate pass entering um entering this year so um you know the amount that he's grown they're giving him 
uh, some pretty, I, I like when they break it down, they're giving him some pretty simple, uh, pretty simple reads. Like, you know, we're going to flood this zone with, uh, with two wide receivers. You read, you read where the safety goes and throw it to the other guy. Um, and, and I mean, it, it just worked to perfection. I think they scored on every drive in the first half. Um, but I think the most surprising part was the defense, um, absolutely bottled up the Michigan state running game. Uh, we didn't get to see, there were none of those trick plays that Michigan state has been keen on running this year. Um, it really was just a dominant performance all the way around. And, and it's no, uh, no surprise then that they jumped, uh, Alabama to number two, um, in, uh, in those rankings. So big win for Ohio state. Uh, and now, you know, they got to come right back and do it again, um, against, uh, against the team up North. Right. So, you know, that ends up being a, um, we'll, 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 pull, we'll keep going on that thread and then we'll come back to the other upset. Yeah. But so, um, Ohio state, Michigan, I won't, Tim won't say it, but I'll say it, um, for our listeners. Um, they, uh, are playing this weekend, Thanksgiving Saturday, uh, on what ends up to being looking like kind of like a uh, playoff play-in game, right? A, a de facto playoff game. Losers in, winners out, basically, right? Yeah. So I, I still think that whoever I, I I guess whoever wins this, I believe, is going to the Big Ten championship game, and I think they still have to win that game uh, in order to make it a lock. I, I um. You know, because there's a there's a Notre Dame that's sitting out there. Um, you know, there's going to be a probably a one loss uh, in my estimation, a one loss Oklahoma State uh, that that I think is going to win the Big Twelve. Um, they're kind of on the on the bubble. So as long as it's Michigan or Ohio State, uh, whoever and I apologize, the team up north or Ohio State. Uh, beep that out in um in the editing like like it was a swear word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if it's one of those two teams that wins the Big Ten, they're going. Um, if not, that's going to open the that's going to open the chaos door as you like it. Um, to a Notre Dame, an Oklahoma State, maybe a uh, maybe a two loss Alabama. Um, even though I, I'm not I'm not certain a two loss Alabama gets in anymore. Um, based on how they've played some pretty tight games recently. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, we, we, we said this before, like, um, it looked like the committee was setting it up for either, as long as they win the big 10, whoever, you know, Michigan state, the team up North or Ohio state to, to make it. So Michigan state is out. Now it's down to those two. Uh, and obviously we're hoping that it's the Buckeyes on the show. Right, exactly. We are the official podcast of the Ohio State Buckeyes yeah. um, during this period of the of the season. Um, obviously, the other game that we alluded to was Oregon losing to Utah in a game that we talked about last week. And you know, you said here, I believe that you know it's not a not a slam dunk for for Oregon, and and Utah was actually ended up being favored. I think in the end, yeah, and, by three uh, points. Yeah, ended up getting the win. So. Um, you know, people putting putting their hard-earned money on the game didn't think that uh, uh, Oregon was likely to win, and they did not win. So they yeah. they, plun- they plunged down the rankings into the to the elevens eleven right. area. So they are effectively out. It takes the Pac twelve out yeah. of it. Um, and I guess I was a little surprised when the rankings came out on Tuesday that they elevated Cincinnati into that fourth spot over over Michigan or Notre Dame. 
Um, obviously, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, but I was prepared to be disappointed that they were going to move up one of the bigger schools over Cincinnati. I think it was helpful that Cincinnati absolutely pumped SMU, um, which was, a, I think they were seven and two or eight and two SMU. Um, so it was a big win. And now it looks like Cincinnati, uh, I think they have like Eastern Carolina, I think this week. And then uh, they're going to be playing in the championship game, uh, I believe against Houston, uh, which is now a ranked team. So the committee, uh, again, kind of like we talked about last week, I believe is like putting the pieces, they get to rank the team so they can then say, Oh, Cincinnati beat a ranked Houston team. And that looks better for their resume. So it looks like they're putting the pieces in place to have the first uh, group of five, uh, as long as as long as chalk happens, uh, first group of five school to make the playoffs, which would be pretty cool. I'd love to see them play Georgia. I'd love it. I think that'd be a pretty tight game. Yeah, I mean that you know those kind of Cinderella type matchups are um, the best part of March Madness, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I, I'm and you know I think I've talked about it on this podcast that Boise State game against Oklahoma many many years ago at this point. Um, was a was an instant classic game, and so I'm always trying to recapture that um, that spark, um, you know. And you know, it's not Clemson against Alabama again, you know. Obviously, the two great teams, and you want to see great teams play, but you also want to see um, you know something a little different with some some upset, uh, some underdogs, some Cinderella action going on. Yeah. So I fully support that and good, good on you noticing that they have elevated Houston into the college football rankings. Um, that would give the potential to make Cincinnati's potential win against them look better. So exactly. that's a, that's an excellent point. So, you know, I, I guess I thought that Notre Dame would jump up, but you know um, I'm glad that they are um, keeping Cincinnati ahead of them because they did beat Cincinnati. Like if, if Cincinnati if beat them, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Yes. yes. Thank you. Um, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. So like if that doesn't count in the top four at the end of the season, like what's the point, you know, of, of playing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad they're sticking to that. Um, you know, Cincinnati, Georgia would be a fun game. It might be an absolute blowout by Georgia, or it might be kind of a crazy game. You never know. That's, that's why we watch. So the only school I think looking at the rankings that has the possibility to leapfrog, Cincinnati is the team up north, and I won't entertain that as an actual possibility. Um, but the the only the chance that they would they would leap them if they beat Ohio State, right? That would be the, that would and be the only reason. Then go on to the Big Ten championship game, right? So then Ohio State would be out of the top four. Cincinnati would stay in the top four, but Michigan would jump up two or three, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, I don't I don't see a circumstance where Oklahoma State does it. I don't see a circumstance where Notre Dame does it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, um, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame needs a little bit more from, they, they need um, some help. Yeah. And they, and they would need a championship game. It would be really great if they had a championship game against somebody, I don't know, in the top 10, right? Well, like, you know, even like old Miss, right. You know, a good championship game would help them quite a bit, but you know what, they're independent and that's, that's their, wouldn't that be something kind of unique if like Notre Dame, made an agreement with, I mean, first off, they just join a freaking conference at this point. Yeah, really. Like, yeah, you know, that would solve a lot of problems. deal is, is exciting, I get it, but, like, for real, join a conference. Um, you know, 
wouldn't it be something if Notre Dame like made a deal with the SEC or something that was like we'll play the highest ranked non as like a as a thirteenth game we'll play the highest ranked non championship game SEC team. I would I would uh, that would be amazing. I would be one hundred percent for that. That would be great because you know there's there's always several teams in the SEC um, that are are worthy of of playing more and those teams would support a chance to put um themselves above the loser of the sec championship game as well um exactly so like a a, a two teams that had one loss one's in the championship game the other is not now now you got an opportunity to 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 rack up another win against probably a ranked opponent and and maybe leap yeah that i I don't know if that's like even allowed but um who knows let's let's allow it Let's All put right. that out there. We'll contact out the there. AD at Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, gets, let's get on do. the call. Let's <laughs> let's get uh, let's get Notre Dame and the SEC on the call. Um, next week's guest. Uh, the- yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll make two outgoing calls: one to to Notre Dame's um, athletic director, and one to uh, chairman of the SEC, and yeah, connect easy. them up on this pod. Easy, Absolutely. easy peasy. Let's getting deals done. We're deal makers here. That's how we do DSE the podcast. All right, so. Um, Anything else in college football before we move on to the professional version? Um, not really. Let's see. So we covered Utah, covered Ohio State. Um, yep. Alabama struggled uh, against um, against Arkansas, uh, and, and they've got that wild card game this week in the the Iron Bowl with Auburn. You never know what's right. going to happen there. Um, but yeah, I think that I think the only other thing is like look out on the outskirts for like an Oklahoma state, they're playing really good. I think they let up less than a hundred yards of total offense um, against Texas tech the other day. So, right. And Oklahoma has Oklahoma and Oklahoma state play each other. So that'll be another um, big yeah. win for somebody in there who will be lurking around waiting for chaos. If Alabama or Cincinnati or Notre Dame loses um, or somebody, you know, the winner of the Ohio state, Michigan loses the big 10 championship, you know, the winner of Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. Um, will be uh, lurking around. Right. Better if it better for the resume if it were Oklahoma State, but you know, uh, putting putting big wins on the on the records will uh, will help. So absolutely. All um, right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that uh, yeah. big weekend coming we'll up. Keep on an eye. Big big weekend Rivalry for, for weekend, football. So. Big weekend for football. So, all right. So on to uh, the professional version of the NFL. So yeah, we had a, had kind of a, another. Another weird week. Uh, <laughs> they all seem like weird weeks. So, yeah. um, you know, the, I, I teased it a little bit, but, um, you know, both Buffalo um, and Tennessee lost, you know, kind of the top two uh, seeds in the um, in the AFC. And uh, Green Bay lost to Minnesota, the top team in the NFC. Um, you know, shaking up the field just a little bit here. Obviously, Buffalo's lost – to Houston was the bigger upset again, taking it down another 20% of survivors. Um, I mean, if you've made it this far in survivor, like you are using a crystal ball. Yeah. I I can't imagine anyone's left that that must, that had to have done it. The Texans defeating the Titans had to have, uh, ousted, ousted everybody. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody dodging, uh, all of these, you know, um, a handful. I think there's, you know, I think the the main one in circus sports in Las Vegas is down to like 120 from like 
16,000, you know, several thousand. Um, so there are people, and I think they benefit from people do multiple entries so they can kind of spread it out a little bit and try to weave their way through it. Um, not a lot of people left. Um, that's for sure. And I, I don't, so, um, one, one thing that, that places like, um, circus sports started doing because they had people end up last year making it all the way, mostly because of the jets and the Jaguars. People just yeah. picked whoever was playing the jets or the Jaguars that every week. Um, and they had a bunch make it to the end. And this year they're doing two different things. There's three games on, uh, Thanksgiving. So that's a standalone week. So you, you have gotta, to pick one of those three. One of these, yeah. Yeah. And then there's two games, I think, on Christmas. So Christmas is a standalone one as well. So you have to pick one of those four teams. Um, Interesting. So that changes the whole strategy of the whole season because you have to save one of those. Like you have to save Dallas to beat, to make sure that, the, you know, they're the best um, chance to beat Las Vegas, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, some people used them. So it's going to be. It's going to be carnage there and it's going to be and then the sunday is another week so you have to pick from that week which is already has two buys and then you six teams gone as well so the, the options are, are much more limited so anyway that's survivor we're not in it uh if you're still in it you do not need to listen to our advice uh right go with your crystal ball or whatever you have to get yeah, if you're, if you're still in you this now, you, you're doing better than us so <laughs> yeah exactly um all right so let's let's talk about the games last week i guess i i teased them a little bit but um what i guess is your, your big your big picture thought here um with from the afc with tennessee and buffalo um going down obviously tennessee yeah. played a better team in indy but they got shellacked um so what, what's your big big thoughts on those um, Buffalo played played Indy, right? No, Tennessee played Indy. Tennessee played no? the Buffalo played Indy. Oh man, Buffalo played Indy. Tennessee played the Texans. Okay, all right. Yes. So Tennessee Tennessee is the one that laid the egg against the Texans, yes. and Buffalo is the one that got shellacked. They got by shellacked by by Carson once, yeah, and Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Uh, yes. Well, I guess like if you have Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, nice. Um, yes. But I think the big takeaway is that Kansas City has, I think, reestablished itself um, as the cream of the crop in the AFC. Uh, their defense has now started to look legit for a couple of weeks. Um, and they really took care of uh, took care of Dallas there. Um, so I think that's a big takeaway. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold off judgment on on the demise of the Bills until they play their games with the Patriots. Um, We'll also learn a little bit again. Titans Patriots is this weekend, so that'll that'll tell us a lot. So I'm gonna kind of reserve judgment on those games, and just my big takeaway for the AFC is uh, Kansas City's back. Yep, yep. And and if you if you look at a lot, if um, I was had listened to a bunch of analytical minded. Um, people in podcasts and stuff like that on the NFL. And they never really dropped Kansas city below like their third ranked team, even when they were kind of playing badly. Um, they had a very, a very high turnover rate, which it wasn't super sustainable. And despite people were forcing them to throw it short, they were still converting a lot of first downs on offense. Um, and yeah, Patrick I, Mahomes' I don't, numbers were still out of this yeah. world. Like it just wasn't out of this world, out of this world. Like he was still playing well, just not, as well as he has been. Right. Exactly. So, and I think the ex our expectations were, um, 
super sky high for them to score 45 points every every week and they weren't quite doing that but they were still moving the ball they just had a lot of turnovers right um that wasn't going to continue at that rate certainly um much higher than Mahomes' career regress to the mean for sure Yeah. yeah exactly so um i you know and this the sneaky team that you didn't even mention um but that we we picked uh not on the podcast, of course. We didn't put that on the record, but we had uh, in, into our accounts for uh, New England. Um, they are looking a bit um, dangerous, right? Um, they have two games against Buffalo to co- coming up in the AFC East, and they're seven and three at this point. Um, do you think they have a real chance to uh, to make some noise here? Yeah. Well, again, I, I think they they've um, done they they've played the games on their schedule. Um, and they've they've played some teams that uh, have have struggled, and they've won those games. That's what they have to do. Uh, we'll see what happens now. The the gauntlet's going to get a little bit t- uh, more difficult with um, with the Titans uh, and the Bills. I think are the next two games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So the Patriots now go Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. Okay, that's those four big games, especially yeah. the. Colts playing the way they are, so we'll learn a little bit more about um, about uh, the Patriots. I still get like we, we were kind of we were texting back and forth during the game. I, I I'm not even a Patriots fan. I, I get nervous when Mac Jones throws the ball more than ten yards down the field. Like it, it just doesn't feel right. Um, so uh, we'll see how T. Te- I like I, I'm really interested in this weekend's matchup because I, I feel like Mike Vrabel, uh, despite their inability to beat the Texans. Mike Vrabel is capable of scheming a defense that can stymie uh, Mac Jones. So right. uh, that'll be we'll we'll see what uh, what happens this weekend. I think that's what that's what we we need to we need to wait the, that one out a little bit. Right, and I think the Titans have beaten the Patriots in big big spots before in the right. playoffs. Um, obviously, this time they don't have Derrick Henry, um, but I still think that. Um, they will have a good chance to beat them this week. Um, and definitely a tough, a tough path forward for the Patriots. So, you know, could very easily uh, go to seven and seven and losing all four of these um, with the Colts playing well. So um, this will be, this will be the test where Mac Jones will have to throw it. You know, they'll force Mac Jones to throw it further down the field and we'll see what he's got, you know, yeah. um, maybe, maybe not necessarily the Titans defense because um, they've struggled a bit, especially in past defense, but um, you know, I, I think Vrabel will have something um, up his sleeve, whether Agreed. it's trick plays or a, a disguised defense that that will that will cause problems there. Yeah, um, and and watch watch the Patriots defense. They've been, they, I mean, that's why how that team is winning right now. Uh, they they've they've thrown you know that shutout they threw against uh, the Falcons, regardless of how inept the Falcons might be, was still very impressive. Right. Yep. All right. So over to, um, well, so let's talk about the, the AFC. We talked a little bit about Kansas city, obviously, um, they, they took down, um, Kansas city took down Dallas, um, in in that, that probably game of the year at at this point. Um, Casey pretty much dominated Dallas there. Dallas didn't have uh, a lot to do. Casey's defense again, right. Is playing up. Yep. Um, I had I had Kansas City in that one, so my bonus pick um, in, into the win column for me. Nice. Um, and um, in the other NFC one, right? So uh, Minnesota and Green Bay. Um, 
I don't know if you watched the end of this one, but it was completely bonkers. Like uh, Minnesota scores with like two minutes and, and nine seconds left when the other team has Aaron Rodgers. You're like, this is way too much time for Aaron Rodgers. He's definitely going to score and Green Bay is definitely going to win the game. But unfortunately for the Green Bay, they scored way too quickly, On right? The with first their own play. Yeah, their first play. They, they, uh, 78 something yard touchdown, um, right off the bat and then gave the ball back to Minnesota. Um, and Minnesota moved the ball into field goal range. And for what feels like the hundredth time this year, Minnesota, game is decided on a last minute kick um and this one goes through for them um so they they take down green bay um those divisional games are really i mean divisional games in general are tough but right um green bay minnesota is always a, a pretty tough game you know you, the old adage you can throw out the records uh, on on this one because I, I feel like they're all they always play each other pretty tough yeah i i i um obviously big win for the vikings it doesn't change my opinion that uh, the Packers are probably uh, the top team in the NFC. I, I would agree with that. I don't. Th- yeah, I, I don't think it changed much. My, um, you know, um, that's second loss for Green Bay, uh, and their first loss was that first game against New Orleans, right. which you can basically throw out. Um, and this game, the offense went all over the place, all over Minnesota's defense, and um, the Green Bay defense just. Had a game off, and uh, you know yeah. that happens in a divisional game, especially. Um, Minnesota can definitely turn their offense on when they need to, and they turn it off far too frequently. Um, but they had the pedal to the metal this whole time. So, um, so anything else about this week before we we look ahead to the next? No, one? Uh, I think I think we covered most everything there. Um, I mean, we we didn't. Oh, um, it's not really NFL week news, but I did see. Uh, the NFL settled with St. Louis. Oh, yes, I did see that. So um, the NFL, uh, St. Louis was suing the, the Rams and therefore the NFL for breach of, of contract or something like that um, from moving away from St. Louis and not following the contractually obligated relocation agreements where they, you know, they basically didn't try as hard as they could to stay, which because they didn't want to stay. They, didn't, they faked it the whole time and lied um, left and right. So there's a bunch of... Um, Lawsuits around that one main one um, from the city of St. Louis and regional, I don't know, authorities, regional sports authorities or whatever. Um, and so they came to a settlement um, conveniently, I think, for the NFL before uh, the St. Louis side was going to get a hands on discovery of a bunch of financial and email, you know, uh, conveniently, a bunch of stuff was about to come out. So the NFL decides to uh, settle this one for seven hundred sixty ish million dollars. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty big sum, obviously it's muted a little bit because people were throwing around all kinds of different rumors, like 2 billion, um, the NFL was going to give St. Louis another franchise. Um, honestly, I don't, I think it's better to get the money than get another franchise at this point for the city of St. Louis. Um, and hopefully that money is used well in the city of St. Louis to, um, to take care of the people that live there, um, to help people, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess before we go, um, as a segue into our, our first game on Thursday night or, or Thursday, not even night, Thursday right. day, oh 1230 in the afternoon, Eastern time in the morning. If you are on uh, any other time zone in the United States, um, there was there's rumors swirling. I texted you about this this week that uh, Bears coach, obviously Bears are playing the Lions. 
Um, Bears coach Matt Nagy is going to be fired after this game, regardless of a result. Um, you you had uh, you had something I know queued up on this topic that you wanted to. Uh, uh, I mean, fire, fire him, off. fire him now. If you're gonna like, what are we waiting for? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense that they would wait until after the Thanksgiving game. It's not like they could be less prepared. Right. It's not like they could look, uh, you know, the offensive game plan could be less organized. It's not like the team can be less inspired to play. Um, I, I actually think if they fired him and then they had an, um, you know, a, a interim coach, they could, ha- they could have a little play up on Thanksgiving day on national TV when everybody's watching them a little dead cat bounce um, for them. Um, and, and what if you fun. win? Like, you, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, do this right. You, you know, I, it, I guess that's what's so frustrating about it. It's like, you can't even fire your coach correctly at this point. So, right. Well, yeah, it, 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 I, this happened with, with the jets last year. It was like, Adam Gaze is going to be fired. Like two weeks left in the season. Like Adam Gaze is going to be fired uh, at the end of the season. Well, fire him now. Like, well, the report's out. He's a lame duck coach at this point. So if everyone knows it, the locker room cannot possibly be like gung ho to play for this guy. Uh, so I just see it. If, if that is, if that's true, then they should have fired him after the game. So the, the, the assumption is that decision got made after the game on Sunday. Um, if that's true, then fire him now. I, I right. guess the uh, the the maybe the reason you don't is because or like the reason they or, or maybe this is the plan for a few weeks now because you'd have like an extra sort of like a mini bye week basically because uh, you're playing on Thursday so you have a little bit extra time for the interim to get their you know get their their house in order so to speak um, I don't know it's just the, these are the things that that are like you know look at what the Giants did right you have a crappy performance on a Monday night football, you fire the coach the next day, uh, fire the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, like that. That's, that's how it, uh, how I think it should be done. The last thing that any NFL team needs is a lame duck coach. That everyone knows is going to get axed in, you know, effectively now 24 hours. Um, and uh, I don't know. It, it just seems completely senseless to me. If you're going to fire him, fire him now. Right. And, you know, I think what we talk about a lot is that ownership is the single greatest um, differentiator in sports. Um, And I think there's something a little bit, um, I don't know, maybe not not commanding by the Bears ownership. Um, I know that they have had a GM in Ryan Pace that they've had for way too long. Um, Matt Nagy has, you know, extended his tenure here in in bears country far too long as well. Um, and, and if you read any of those articles, they say, well, they've never fired a coach in the middle of the season. So uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why that um, is going to stop them from making a decision that is so clear to every single person that watches a bears game. Um, but uh, you know, I think maybe they just don't know how to do it. But accidentally they, they sent the message to the reporter instead of sending it to the person that was going to fire him. I don't know. (laughs) It's a mess. It's a mess. And, you know, I think, you know, talk about like, you know, they, they, they're, we talk about, um, their quarterback quite a bit. Um, not Andy Dalton, not Nick Foles. Um, the other quarterback, um, from Ohio state, Justin Fields, 
Dustin Fields, thank you very much. Forgetting his name somehow. Um, but I think the rest of their roster is pretty bad. Um, so yeah, it's gross. Yeah. So I think the GM and the coach should probably just both be sent out the door um, and, uh, and and start over there. But um, it's a storied franchise, a historic franchise, but I don't, I don't think it's be led in the right direction there. Yeah. So all that being said, all, all of that hype uh, ahead of the 1230 Eastern kickoff between um, Andy Dalton and the fight in Chicago Bears and Tim <laughs> Boyle and the Detroit Lions. Oh my gosh. How much are you looking forward to this one, Tim? Uh, I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, in the in the kitchen <laughs> for this game. Um, yeah. That's it. Pick the under. Uh, is that, right. Can you say it? 41, well, 41.5 points. Uh, this this game has nine to two written all over it. Well, uh, you know, Andy Dalton uh, threw a screen pass for, and the, that ended up going for eighty yards, and and uh, brought Chicago's uh, offense to light against uh, against the Ravens. So, yeah, I guess anything is possible. I'll be rooting very heavily for um, Detroit. I would love to see them get their first yeah, win get on a, national get a TV. Uh, I would I would love to see that. So, definitely rooting for Detroit here. Probably won't be. Um, you know, the most wonderful game, and I'm sure lots of people will complain about it, but you know what? It's Thanksgiving. You're laying on the couch or you're cooking or you're, you're you got the game on, you know, uh, just relax and let's just watch a game, you know, yeah. just let's just, let's enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy, a game. enjoy football for, yeah. for the game. Root for the game, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe root for the team that's never won, like uh, root for an ugly game that is won at the end um, on a field goal that Kareen's off the uprights and the Bears win six to yeah. Let's six hope to for something wild. Something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's root for like a, a Tigers Cubs six to four. You know, uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon. I'd love uh, that. Game. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, beyond that one, uh, right after that one, we've got the the uh, Cow- Raiders at the Cowboys. Um, so Cowboys are the biggest favorite of the week, surprisingly, um, seven and a half points. Um, Raiders appear to be kind of. Uh, dead in the water. One of my picks from last week was the Bengals to beat them, and they did. Um, so, I mean, this one looks like a slightly better um, matchup, but Cowboys are missing Amari Cooper, probably C.D. Lamb. Ezekiel Elliott looks a little gimpy. Um, yep. Their offense might be a little muted, so this one this one might get sneaky uh, close. Um, it could. I'm still picking yeah. the Cowboys here. Um you know, they, they could be down their top two wide receivers, I believe. Uh, it's possible yep. CeeDee Lamb is not is not going to play. Um, but I, I, I do think um, I do think that they still have Dak. They, they still will have, even if Elliott's not at full strength, which I, I think he'll be fine. Um, Pollard's been, been a great back. They have a pretty deep wide receiver core. Um you know that they that they can rely on there. It's, it's not going to be you know C.D. Lamb and um, and company, but like Noah Brown out of Ohio State's a pretty pretty good wide receiver, uh, and I think he's like fifth on the depth chart there. So if he steps in as the third wide receiver, like I, I think he'll be certainly competent. Um, so I I I don't think the Cowboys miss too much of a beat here against the against the Raiders. Um, I see them picking up the win. Okay. So, and then the um, aforementioned Bills are playing in New Orleans um, on the Thanksgiving night game. 
Um, is this a know, thing now that the Saints get the third game? I feel like they've had this game for a couple years now. Oh, yeah? Is that a thing? I don't know. I, I thought so. they uh, rotated it. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I nevertheless, guess. Nevertheless. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Shows how much I'm paying attention to the to the Thursday night. I'm well, usually like, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's the trip to fan kicking in. <laughs> like, fan. That's right. You got, you know, pumpkin pies come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're maybe maybe you're a glass of wine or two in, and yeah. you know the game's just on in the background. Yeah, at this exactly, point. exactly, exactly. Another game to just kind of melt into the couch and, and enjoy that the, right. the lights yeah. and sounds of NFL football. You're probably uh, sleeping by you know by the third quarter. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, um, so who that, you got yeah. in this one, man. Both of these teams are teams that I don't know what to. To right expect right well, I, I called yeah. I called the Bills paper Tigers last week um, and I was proven right there um, and the Saints are kind of like they played a, a couple of really really good games and a couple of complete stinkers and not a lot in between my son would call this a boomer bust team he's like dad who are the who are the top two boomer bust teams in the league and I'm like well the Saints I guess because I don't know what to get from them week to week um yeah, and and they got a tough matchup against the Bills. I I mean the Bills, you know, I don't know if they're they're AFC champions, but they're still a good team, I think. So this one sh- this one should be interesting. I I don't have a read on which way it's going to go. I don't either. I mean the Saints, despite having a tough go with uh, with the Eagles, still have a pretty good defense. Um, you know, playing at home. Uh, the Bills have looked lost the last few weeks. I, I'm inclined to go with the go with the Saints on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that one's hard. Um, we have a bunch of interesting matchups this um, week. Of a couple of, uh, I think the uh, the bad teams are a little bit uh, put together this week. <laughs> yeah. So we have a, a couple of interesting matchups. Let's. Um, Let's segue to the picks, and then if we talk about any of the games in the picks, um, I, I won't single them out after that. So, um, why don't you uh, you have your do you have your picks ready for me? Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So I will, I guess, first off, um, put my money where my mouth is and take the take the Cowboys. Uh, minus seven and a half against the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, I, I do like a big bounce back game from the Cowboys, despite the injury, uh, the injuries they have. So I'll go Cowboys uh, minus seven and a half. Um, then I'm going to skip to Sunday and um, pick the Eagles um, on the road against the Giants. Um uh, Minus three and a half. I, the Giants are in disarray. I, I mean, it was it was painful to watch um, the Manning cast and watch Eli Manning try to explain who Daniel Jones was trying to throw to. Uh, the only person that was remotely close to the intercepted ball that oh, the, like the third quarter was an offensive lineman. He was like, oh, I think he's trying to throw to the tight end, dragging across the field. It's like it's cute, Eli, but maybe he just doesn't. <laughs> maybe he just doesn't cut it. Um, so I will, uh, I, I just think they're a team in disarray fired the offensive coordinator. Like I talk about, uh, um, what do you call it? Like dead man walking, so to speak. Uh, Joe judge is probably not going to survive, uh, 
the end of the season here. Um, so I, I see the Eagles uh, winning that one. I am on that one as well. That okay. is one of my favorites. I think the the wise guys have been on Philly pretty much every week over the past month, and they have been right. Um, they like their defense, and um, the offense has been running the ball like crazy. Um, they're um, they talk about a lot about um, uh, offensive linemen from um, Alabama, Landon Dickerson. He plays in in interior. He is like. The, road, the newest road grader. He is insane in the run game. He just basically pushes guys out of the way in, in the run game. And they've been running like crazy. New Orleans' run uh, defense was the best in the league, and they ran for 240 yards. Yeah, they absolutely crushed uh, that defense. So Yeah, I um, like this one a lot. I, I think that I don't, I, I'm with you. Joe Judges uh, was never a good coach to be hired in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, another and, and, another organization that is a, Blue blood NFL organization that is not run well. Not being run well, yeah. I, I, I wonder if I mean they won't fire him in the year to talk. The Giants never do that. Uh, but I, I don't know that uh, the David Gettleman and um, uh, and Joe Judge survive uh, survive after this season. Um, nope. All right, then I'll pick. Uh, I'll go with. Uh, I'll be the homer and pick the Jets on the road at the Texans. The return. Um, of Zach Wilson, uh, that I, I hopefully we're hoping that he's uh, he's seen, you know, seeing things a little differently after having sat for four weeks and watched. Uh, so let's get uh, let's get him back. Uh, and and I'm really excited as as a as a Jets fan, as a fantasy owner, um, about Elijah Moore. Um, he is the leading wide receiver, I believe, in um, in yards, uh, scrimmage yards um, over the last month of the season. Uh, so he's the the Jets are finding ways to get him the football. He's a dynamic playmaker. Um, so I'm excited about him. Let's get uh, let's get the Jets minus two and a half. And I so, purposefully didn't pick the Rams Packers because I figured we could do a bonus game on that one. Oh, nice, good call. I have the. Um... Am I reading this wrong? I have the Jets two plus plus two and a half. Jets are plus two. I mean, I'll take those points. Uh, ah, got it. Okay, got it. Got it. You'll take the two and a half. Got I'll it. take okay. the two and a half. All right, cool. So um, I have I have Philly um, as, as we talked about. Okay. I also went with um, Miami plus two. Um, Ooh, hold, okay. Holding Falcons, my nose right? a little bit here no, no. against Carolina. 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 Okay. I. I don't think Carolina is very good. They got a little bit of hype because of Cam Newton. Um, they came out quickly in their game last week, but uh, I think Miami. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't care for Carolina at all. Cam Newton can't throw it past ten yards. Yeah, um, they're gonna blitz him. Yeah, so they're gonna five times. Yeah, and yeah, he's not. He's you know he'll get you the third and one, the fourth and one, the goal line because he's big and strong still, but. Um, I don't think he's fast enough to get away from the rush anymore. So um, I think the Miami turns into more of a team that we thought that they were coming into the season and, and takes this one. Um, so I'll take the plus two. I liked it at a, even at a pick. So I'll, I'll take the plus two. Now. Okay. Um, so this one's moving away from me. So maybe I should take that as a, a flashing red light not to pick it. But you know what? Eh. I'll do it. I'll do it anyway. Yeah, you do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and so the other one is I'm back to like one of my one of my other uh, pet picks. Um, but I, I like the chargers and I don't like Denver. Um, the chargers are playing obviously in Denver. 
Um, the Chargers run defense is terrible, um, but Denver has a decent run game, not a great one. Um, but I, the Chargers offense, I think, is is so much better than um, what Denver can do, even if they're allowed to run the ball five yards a play. I think the Chargers have much more dynamic offense um, and can uh, can win by field goal there. Minus okay. two and a half. Um, all right. Yeah. So the, the other games this week that we didn't pick, we, we, you know, as I talked about, we centralized, they centralized some, some stinkers and some, uh, some, some good ones together. Um, you know, just, just obviously we talked about Titans Patriots. That should be a, a pretty big game at one o'clock. Um, also the Buccaneers and the Colts resurgent Colts. Um, yeah. There's a couple of good well. ones. That's a good yeah. game. It's Steelers Bengals is a good game. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I'm perversely interested in Eagles giants. Um, I think, you know, any NFC East, NFC East game is always, always interesting. Look, the Eagles are making, yeah. making things interesting. Yeah. So, so the Eagles are, are on the outside looking in currently on the playoff race, but them, the Vikings and the 49ers, um, are going to be fighting out for that sixth and seventh. Conveniently, the Vikings and 49ers play each other. Um, that should be a great game. One of those teams, the winner probably is in. The loser is probably out um, of the playoff picture. Um, is that the Sunday night game? That is a four o'clock game. Four, oh, Ravens yeah. Browns is Sunday night, right? Yeah. So, and also, by, not with Vikings 49ers, but we got Rams Packers at four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, top two of three teams um, yep. in the NFC are playing each other. Um, and the Sunday night and Monday night are a little bit less exciting. Um, but Browns Ravens on Sunday night. That's always a, a good rivalry game. Um, and the Seahawks-Washington one. Yeah, I take or leave that one, to be honest. So let's circle back then to the Rams-Packers. You want to make that our bonus this yeah, week? Yeah, let's do a bonus pick yeah. there. Um, I, I, can't, I can't call the Packers the best team in the, in the NFC and then not pick them here. Um, I know the Rams are coming off a bye week. Presumably can fix some of the, some of the issues that they've had. Um, I, I, I know that... Aaron Rodgers is doing weird things like shoving his foot in the in the uh, in the Zoom camera um, and talking about COVID toe. I don't know. Is that a thing or was like COVID toe? I yeah, don't know. Like I don't know. He and I, I don't I, read the same. They're looking this up because I I thought maybe it was a joke, but like somebody was like, "Well, do you have COVID toe?" And he's like, "I've never heard of COVID toe." It's like I have a broken toe. I I don't yeah. know. He, he he's. Just, He's something. I, he's just, yeah. he's something. Um, <laughs> something. So, uh, as out of a character he is, um, I am going to pick them to, uh, it's, it's basically a pick them. So, yeah, let's uh, do the Rams are laying a point on the road. Um, I, I mean, I like the Packers uh, at home here. Yeah, this one this one is a tough one. Um, Rams obviously coming off a bye, but they, they laid two stinkers in a row before mm-hmm. this. Um, Green Bay, you know, coming off a good, uh, you know, an exciting game against yeah. Minnesota. Um, anyway, hmm, eh, yeah, grumble, grumble. I will take Green Bay at home as well. They play better at home. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll side with you. We'll both be on the Packers this week. Okay. Cause we don't, we don't have to go for the bonus. We don't have to go oppo. Right. We no. did last week. Okay. Well, right, just, okay. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, it's just a bonus. Just a bonus. All right, yeah. so that that's the bonus. Um, all right, so uh, we talked about that. A lot of a lot of big games coming up. Thanksgiving football. 
Um, let's let's quick segue to the to baseball before we yeah, get out of here. Yeah, a little award um, season. It's award yeah, season. Yeah, it's award season, which, you know, for me, like, I feel like they waited a really long time to do the it, awards. It, it it did. I don't know if it yeah. is longer than normal or if it just kind of felt that way. But, yeah, yeah. it felt a little long. But Yeah. So, um, in the American League, um, let's do, let's do uh, league by league here. So, um, in the American League, the... AL MVP was uh, Shohei Otani, uh, yeah. obviously playing both ways, uh, pitching and hitting, uh, both incredible this year. Um, and the the Cy Young was um, Robbie Ray, um, yeah. who at one at, before the season or at one point was 100 to one to win the uh, Cy Young. So um, great great year by by him to to win the Cy Young for uh, for the Blue Jays. Yeah, so he only threw, uh, he didn't throw 200 innings, um, which is, uh, you know, not not uh, a ton. Usually, you, you know, you think of like a Cy Young, at least when I do, uh, think of like a Cy Young award winner, like being sort of a Max Scherzer, I'm going to throw 230 innings. Um, but, you know, uh, that's not, that's not the, uh, that's not the MLB that we're in anymore, really, so. Right. Um, he was dominant, um, 248 strikeouts and 193 innings pitched. Uh, that's, that's impressive, um, to say the least. So well-earned there. Um, and then, uh, uh, Corbin Burns, um, yeah. from, uh, from the Brewers, right? Yeah. Corbin Burns from the Brewers won the Cy Young in the National League and Bryce Harper from the Phillies won yeah. the MVP in the National League. So there we go. Um, interesting that rookie of the year, uh, Randy Rosarena, like you don't think of him as a rookie because he had that breakout postseason last year, but I guess he indeed met the criteria of rookie. Uh, so he's rookie of the year there. Which is, I, uh, I think he's been technically a rookie for like three years. I don't know how it has happened that he was, he'd been in and out of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of, um, the possibility to be, um, the rookie of the year, but, uh, deserves it because he was the best technically uh eligible rookie um due for that after you know uh, he started off well with such a good um, postseason mm. in 2020 so he was already uh you know the leader in the clubhouse so to speak um, for that in the in the national league jonathan india won from yeah. um from the reds so um i had that one from a few months ago um when he was you know getting up there in the favorites um you know one of my few ever um, award award uh, bets that went went in the right direction. So, um, so that was uh, exciting for the for the Reds and the manager of the year, Gabe Kapler, in from San Francisco, which makes sense. They yep. overachieved by the the large. You know, it's usually the team that overachieves their projections by the largest margin. Um, and that in the National League was the Giants, and in American League, Kevin Cash from. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, obviously um, disappointing in the playoffs, but uh, right. a great season um, for their team. Again. Yeah. Now, did you look at the like how the uh, managers finished? Do you know where um, Mike Schilt was in uh, the National League voting? I didn't. Um, I, I know didn't that either. he was one of the three. I know he was one of the three, the three finalists, but um, you know, I didn't take that super seriously. Or think that he was close because Kapler being in there, yeah, I felt right, like was right. pretty much Certainly. shoe in. Um, Makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I okay. don't know that yep. one. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, Mike Schilt, the Cardinals um, uh, head coach that was just fired um, or manager, whatever they call yes. him in this sport. Um, the only was sport one of the top- where the manager, <laughs> the, the guy wears the uniform like the players yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you really don't want them to be wearing that uniform. Imagine but- like, you know, like what's the guy like Stan Van Gundy with uh, <laughs> basketball, you know, like, a, like a basketball <laughs> jersey? It'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we we you know we should uh, we we could do that in every sport just just for uh, yeah. just for you know um, just for fun. Make them yeah, wear the uniform. Be, it'd be pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right. So hot stove, obviously, still cooking a little bit. Um, Wander Franco uh, of the Affirmation uh, Rays uh, signed a huge extension. He was um, one of their heralded uh, prospects and came up and played well. Um, so they signed him to 11-year, $120 million contract, something like that. Um, anyway, big money. Um, probably not 180, huge, 185 million. 185, Sorry, thank you. Yeah, so, big, big, so big time. Yeah, it looks like a big number, but um, get some cost certainty. You know, these uh, MBAs that run the baseball now love the cost certainty um, and um, get some gear, a lot of guaranteed money for Wanda Franco. This is not Ozzy Albaez um, in Atlanta signing an undermarket deal. I think this is probably fair market value for him buying out those those 11 years. Yeah, it and and it has the potential to get up to two twenty three. Apparently, um, I, I think it, I read that it's the biggest deal given to somebody with the least amount of service time, uh, or something like that. So um, he uh, he he's only a rookie uh, this past year. So uh, this is this is a huge you know, and as much as like you like to see players or like. I, I know that there's a sort of a movement to have players wait for uh, wait the six years to hit the free agency market. Like, how do you at 20 years old turn down 185 million dollars? I mean that that is yeah. a gener like that's family generations changing um, uh, decision, and you know it's good for him for for uh, for being able to get it, and uh, you know hopefully uh, it works out for both sides. Yeah, I mean the the answer to your question is you don't <laughs> you don't yeah, turn it right. down, um, and uh, you 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 sign it and you, you take that money. So um, you know, and how young he is, you know, there there's a potential for even a second contract there if he if you know you know on the tail end of it of his career, he certainly could uh, potential for to earn more there um, or earn more in incentives there in the in the contract or uh, get himself some some um, sponsorship money as well so right um big deal for him um good for him uh so that's uh exciting and also for you know it's good to see a player like that you know get locked up for a small market team and not uh forever be rumored to going to the yankees or you know the braves say they can't afford him and then he goes somewhere else so um that saga is all out of the window before it even started so um uh, on the other spectrum the our Beloved St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I love this deal. I absolutely okay. love it. So s- signed Stephen Matz um, yeah. from from Toronto. Had a, had a great year in Toronto this year. So um, I'm happy with this one. I think it's good. Four years, 44, 48, 
fucking chew something yeah, like that. So, um, somewhere in like the sell me on it. Yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah, so go ahead and uh, sell me on it. I, I like I've, it. I'm happy with it. But yeah, I've loved Stephen Math since he came up as a rookie for the Mets. Um, I actually have his T-shirt jersey for the Mets. Uh, believe it or not, fun fact. But uh, he he's an above-average pitcher. Uh, I, I like. I, I just I don't know. He he seems to. Um, uh, he's got good fastball, good movement on a cut fastball, pretty good sweeping curve. Um, he doesn't walk a whole ton of guys. He's not going to strike out a whole ton either, but, uh, I think he, he's perfectly capable of being, you know, being an above average starting pitcher in that fourth starting pitcher spot. The knock on him has been, he, um, he struggles to stay healthy. So as long as you like temper your expectations, like this guy's not going to go out and win the Cy Young. He's going to go out and throw 150 to 175 innings um, and probably give you a three, seven, five to four ERA um, when you, I don't know, 12 games. Like that's great. Like I, I'm, I'm, I love that production out of, um, that spot in the rotation. So I think he complements uh, complements the Cardinals rotation really well with the the guys that are, um, you know, with like Flaherty, Wainwright um, at the top. And then, uh, you know, this is going to be a good a good guy to roll out uh, as your fourth starter. Um, so I'm, I'm in love with the deal. I, um, I, I can't say enough about how how excited I am that he's a part of the rotation now. Yeah, so he, you know, obviously had a career year in Toronto, coming to St. Louis with a much more pitcher-friendly park. Um, even when Toronto played in uh, Clearwater or wherever they played for part of the season, yeah. um, it was it was still a very hitter-friendly park. So um, we'll get himself in front of a better defense yep. um, and in a more hit uh, pitcher-friendly park. So I think that will uh, benefit him as well. Um, he he is about average on on ground balls, but. This last season, he had eleven um, percent uh, uh, infield fly. So you know those are easily converted to outs um, for the most part. Um, so those are always always good to see. So that just means he's he's getting on top of guys. So um, you know he and as we saw with the Cardinals last year, they desperately needed pitchers. They were starting you know down into their eighth and ninth starter from AAA a bunch of times. So yeah, um, exactly. Th- this this should lock up or help solve that problem. Right. And so this, this will give them, uh, you know, a guy that's going to be their third starter and, um, be a solid player. So hopefully yeah, he can, he can, he can, um, he can improve on those things that he, he took a step forward on this year. And if you get, if you get more than 150 innings out of like, that's just gravy, you know, like I, I think it, as long as, as you temper your expectation, like I, I think for a while, like he in New York, I know that they were disappointed uh, with Steven Matz, uh, just in general, because I think they expected him to like, when he came up, the expectations were that he was going to be, um, sort of in the, like Noah Syndergaard, uh, Jacob deGrom camp. Like he was going to be one of those dominant pitchers. All right. He's not that, but he's still a, a solid, uh, middle of the rotation pitcher. And, uh, you know, as long as you temper your expectations and don't expect the world out of him. Anything you get beyond that is is gravy, right? He's gonna he's gonna throw about ninety four miles an hour. He's gonna strike out about a guy in inning. He's gonna yeah. you know walk like you know 
well, let's see, what has he got? About you know less than three per, yeah, per nine. Yeah, two per game probably. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think you're you're looking at that's what a a quality baseball yeah. starter is, right? Exactly. So, He's a veteran. He's 31. He's had um, coming off a really good year. Um, so he's probably figured, figured a couple things out. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got the fastball, which he throws about half the time. So um, I'm happy with the signing. I'm glad that you're uh, happy with it too, as well. That makes me feel more confident that I'm, that I'm happy with it. I had him on my fantasy team. I snagged him um, early on off the waiver wire and um, intended to kind of stream him. Um, but I just held on to him. So, um, that was, uh, that was, you know, uh, I'm happy with the signing. So, yeah, let, let's, let's, uh, let's plug him in and, and hopefully, uh, he gives that same kind of production that he had, uh, this past year. All right. Plug and play, plug and play starters. That's what I like to hear. Um, all right. Um, anything else? Tim, we talked about college football. We talked about NFL last week and this week we talked about baseball, um, you know, we, we, obviously we got all, I think we got it all for me. Okay, cool. Obviously, um, we're, we're following the, uh, the modern pentathlon yes. drama, um, that I texted you about. Yes. Um, our, our pet sport from the Olympics, the modern pentathlon, um, after all of the drama about the horses, um, there is now drama about them deciding, uh, the leadership saying they're going to get rid of the horse event. Um, and the, the, players, the athletes, um, kind of revolting against them, um, pulling out the rug underneath them. So, um, it, you know, as I always say, modern pentathlon loved the drama. There's it always the drama. The drama. With the- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, uh, another thing that I'll, I'll be tracking cause I like reading about, um, modern pentathlon as our new pet. Olympic yeah. We, sport. we, we love these Olympic, like obscure sports. That's yeah. And, uh, you know, get, get your, get your mind wrapped around, um, the obscure winter sports coming up I can't uh, wait for in, curling. in a couple of months. Curling. I love, I love me some curling. I love yeah. curling. Um, you know, it's, it's like watching, it's like watching golf, um, on ice. It's great. I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, so it's Thanksgiving, so let's get out of here. Um, let everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, Let's see. I, I don't think we have anything else. I am going to not quiz you with uh, what to keep your eye on. It's Thanksgiving. So the number one thing that you need to keep your eye on is keep your eyes glued to Thanksgiving weekend football. There's a yeah. lot. It's great. Hit the couch, watch the football and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next Excellent. week. Yeah. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You too, man. What's uh? Oh, right. What's your what's your favorite? I, I've known you for more than half my life, and I don't know the answer to this. What is uh? What's your favorite Thanksgiving meal like? Part cranberry sauce from the can. From straight from the can. The can stuff. The can stuff. You gotta wow. give me the give me the sugar, the gelatin, the yeah. fake cranberry flavor. You know, it comes out shaped like the can. Like the can, yeah. I love that. I love it. I can't get enough of that. I look forward to that every year. Okay. I, I just put uh, put three cans in the fridge uh, today so they could start getting pulled off. Yes. Man, it's so good. It's so okay. good. Um, we, we, you know, we order our groceries, so I wasn't sure if we were going to get 
uh, cranberry sauce this year because you know if they don't have it they don't have it right they just they just tell you when it shows up they're like oh we didn't have this um so we, we ordered it a couple weeks in advance to just to make sure that we had it um so we locked we locked it in our very important what about you what about you I stuffing i'm i'm into the into the stuffing um you know just some some good bread toasted get get some Get some chopped onions, some celery, couple uh, uh, what do you call them? Not spices, but uh, the um, you know some parsley, some sage, uh, and and cook that up with you know that's 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 where the money's at for me. I love a good stuff. 